Welcome to Investor Talk Radio, hosted by Kurt Davis. During the show, Kurt will share tips and strategies as well as guest interviews on how you can become a successful real estate investor. Kurt Davis was a former chef for 11 years until one day had the opportunity to take a leap of faith, left cooking, and became a full-time real estate investor. Kurt has been building his personal portfolio of rental property and at the same time has helped over 500 investors around the globe purchase cash-flowing rental properties. He is a licensed realtor who has achieved multi-million dollar club status, and he is also very active in the local real estate investment club. And now, here is your host, Kurt Davis. Welcome back to another edition of Investor Talk Radio. I am your host and founder, Kurt Davis. And again, today joining me is Alex Craig. Alex, how are you doing today? Doing real good, Kurt. Thank you for having me back on. Now, if you've been listening to any of my podcasts, you'll know that I've had Alex on with me many times in the past, and uh, he is a turnkey provider here in Memphis, owns Memphis Turnkey, and he also owns CB Properties, property management company. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, Little Rock Turnkey over in uh, Little Rock, Arkansas. Absolutely. Now, uh, Alex and I were, were talking the other day, and we thought that a good topic of conversation would be along the lines of property management. Now, uh, in our business, uh, we primarily work with out-of-state investors. So is it safe to say that 99.99% or more of your clients are all long distance? I would say 99.5% because <laughs> you're one of our clients, and we, we manage all of your properties, and then I manage properties for a couple other local friends of mine, too, that don't want to manage their own properties. Sure, sure. Yeah, I certainly don't want to manage my properties, and I'm glad you guys do it. But, um, the, you know, the, the topic uh, that we were kind of throwing around the other day was uh, – Kind of, kind of along the lines of why you should not self-manage property when you live long distance, like the typical California investor who buys in Memphis, and you know they're contemplating self-managing. And in, in, you know this is going to be kind of interesting because we've had a little experience with this, and I'm sure you uh, have some stories about this. But I figured we would just kind of get into uh, going going over this. So. Uh, Let's hit it. Yeah, so you know, I think the number one, you know, testimonial of why you don't want to do self-management is take a look at yourself. You live here in Memphis. You've got how many properties? Twenty-six. Twenty-six properties, and you don't even manage your own. It's it's a lot of work, and it's something that it sounds great. You know, you get to save on the management fees, but everything works well when everything is working well. And when it's not working well, that's really when you want your property manager. Um, even myself, uh, before I got into the property management business, I had a property manager. And the only reason I manage my own properties is because I have a property management company. And even when my tenants walk in, they'll you know, happen to be up front when they you know, make a complaint or a maintenance request and it's my property. I always say, well, let me ask the owner. I never identify myself as the owner of the property. Absolutely. You know, of, of the 26, I think I have 26 properties. You guys manage all but two, two or three of them. One, one of them my wife's grandma lives in. Okay. And the other two are houses that for whatever reason, I don't I don't even know why they're not with you, honestly. But the, of the two that I'm responsible of, that's almost too, too many. I, I, I try to look at the time value for myself and 
what it would take uh, of everything that goes into management. And I think that's something that a lot of people, uh, a lot of a lot of owners out there, don't really take into account of the professional setup that's in place with property management, with everything that's already in place. I mean, I've we may or may not talk about this, but it's like I actually pulled up a, an article of all the things that one would have to be responsible for and know about should they decide to self-manage and it's it's a lot of work yeah um like i said when it goes well it goes well and we do get uh from time to time and very few of our clients i mean we sold 120 deals between memphis and little rock last year and not one of them and as i sit here and think about it i don't know if everybody's if anybody we've ever sold a property to has decided to go the self-management route but we do take on properties from individuals that were going the self-management route, and it 100% of the time has been a disaster that we inherit. It's a lot of deferred maintenance, uh, an eviction, uh, you know, the, the house, whoever was, because I guess if you can go through the self-management route, you've got somewhat of a team on the ground, and that team is not doing what they're supposed to be doing. So it always comes over to us as a disaster. You know, it's, it's interesting though, it's been a while since we've had an investor do this. We had we had a client we sold a property to a, a gentleman from California, savvy investor, and he he was not a brand new investor, uh, but he was self managing other homes that he owns in his local area as well as a few that I guess he had in, in other parts of the country. But uh, he was dealing with I think a different tenant grade, if that's the a correct way to put it you know when you're renting houses out in other markets where the rent is say 2000 2500 a month sure you know as opposed to a, a memphis tenant even at say 900 dollars a month there's a there's a, a wide range of uh it's just very different as you can imagine yeah I mean, it is uh but you could have issues with that 2000 i mean we manage homes anywhere from 550 to 2600 dollars a month and one of the worst tenant experiences we ever had was a house that we managed for 2700 a month. So you, know, you typically get a better tenant which would at that higher price point, which would seem to entice you. But the problem is, is uh, especially locally here, you've got to be able to react quickly. Um, the number one thing, the reasons why tenants move out is dissatisfaction with the unit property manager. So having the property manager on the ground will be able to give excellent customer service will have a better chance of keeping that tenant in place. I mean, um, you know, not being able to react quickly is not going to help you. And you know, I mean, as you own property, what is the number one thing that kills your cash flow? Maintenance and, and vacancy. And vacancy. And in vacancy, when your home is vacant, there is no income coming in. So if your tenants dissatisfied with the services, there are a lot of rental homes in Memphis. They're, they could easily break their lease, they could move out and go find somebody that will take care of their needs and give them that services. I mean, absolutely. And it's and it's funny that you and I talk about this because, you know, we completely understand why you should use a management company. And, you know, this is really for uh, the listeners who are maybe contemplating or, or wondering why they couldn't just self-manage themselves from, from long distance. There's just so much that it goes into it. If you stop and think about uh, you know, management company charges you eight, nine, ten percent a month, and all of a sudden now you're fielding maintenance calls and you're having to coordinate repairs and uh, you're 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 
trying to contact an attorney because you need to make sure you've got a, a legal lease that has all the language in it so that you know it protects you and and making sure all the tenants Tennessee tenants rights and that kind of stuff are in place I mean there's really so much that goes into it that you know my opinion is is for the eight nine ten percent that you may be paying at you know your management company it's so worth it I mean my time is personally worth way more than that and like I said when it's going well that's great but um, you know things happen um, you know a maintenance call comes in and then you've maybe you've got one plumber or one electrician and you get a plumbing problem your hot water tanks out and it's the middle of winter and it's been freezing cold and you call your plumber and he's like hey look I, I can't get out there for two or three days next thing you know you're using the Rolodex and you're paying you know maybe twice as much to get something installed but where a huge problem could be if you don't react quickly with that maintenance need a lot of tenants are quick to call code and if code walks in your house they're always on the tenant side. And I always say when we, you know, we go through lease signings and it always, you know, we, we provide a great leasing experience and everybody's smiling when they leave. And But you, a person's true colors come out when things go wrong with their house. And sometimes tenants don't communicate uh, as professionally as we'd like them to. So they call with their hot water tank being out and being cold and they want a hot shower and, and it's like they want it now. They don't, they don't want to wait tomorrow and they get really impatient and that's when you see a tenant's true color so if you don't get out there and fix it quickly and code gets involved next thing you know code comes in and they're making you update your uh, venting on your furnace uh they see some electrical things and all of a sudden a hot water tank that should cost you six hundred dollars is costing you three grand uh, and i know this from experience because one of my own rental properties when i was self-managing same thing happened uh tenant called uh, i had a real job uh couldn't get over there and they said they smelled gas and I said hey look you just give me a minute I'm at work well they don't care that I'm at work uh, they called MLGW MLGW smelled gas and they shut the gas off it took me 30 days to get the problem resolved and that was one of many reasons that I just said you know what enough's enough but anyways a, a gas leak probably would have cost me about 150 bucks cost me three or four grand and re having to regas the entire home uh, regas you know all new gas service did the tenant stay <clears throat> uh, yeah, they did. You know, they got too much for free rent, too. I mean, you know, there's no gas service, so that was lost cash flow. But, you know, the point is, is I had a real job. I couldn't react. That's That wasn't my gig. I didn't have this Rolodex full of vendors to call that the property manager has. You know, and I think another issue that, you know, you kind of you kind of mentioned it a second ago when you said that, uh, you know, when a tenant comes into the office and they – put in a request for a repair and it's one of your houses, you don't tell them that you're the owner. No way. So when you have a tenant who is trying to communicate with someone long distance for repairs and things like that, you know, how do you, how how are you going to come across as I'm not the I'm the I'm the property manager or I'm not the owner, but you know, hey, I live in California and you're renting a house in Memphis, Tennessee. It's my house, but somehow I don't want you to know that it's my house. Well, that's I don't really see how that's going to work. So Unfortunately, you know, sometimes I've seen where if the tenants know that you are now the owner of the home, it's a, there's a there's a different perception. Well, yeah, I think they do know it's the owner. And, you know, I don't want to group tenants all in this one, that all tenants are deceiving, mm-hmm. you know, unprofessional in the way they communicate and narcissistic or whatever. But, you know, there are a lot. I mean, you know, we manage them with 600 homes, and there's a lot of tenants 
they pay rent. That's great, you know, and that we expect that. But they're still a pain, you know. They're you know just because they pay the rent doesn't mean they're difficult. And I think once they sometimes you give them an inch and they'll take a mile. So knowing that you're the owner uh, and not really knowing exactly what you're supposed to do, and you may have a lease that says, "Hey, the tenant says." Um, and another part, if you're out of state owner, you probably haven't read the Tennessee Landlord Act. So maybe a tenant calls and says, hey, look, uh, my toilet's broken, and you're the owner of the property slash property manager from California, and you say, hey, uh, well, it's under $150, so you need to fix it. Well, if a tenant knows their rights, which our local media does a really good job at informing them what their rights are, all they have to do, once again, is call code. They don't, you don't understand all the laws and regulations. Tennessee landlord law states if you provide it, you have to fix it, now, regardless of what your lease says. Lease may say... It's under $150. They have to fix it. And we've got that in our lease, too. And we try to push back a little bit, but you got to kind of be strategic about it, you know, and you explain it during the lease signing period, and you hope during the lease signing period they understand it and they take care of themselves. Um, but if a tenant knows their rights, they know that they could call, that you have to fix it. So, you know, as a property manager, we know the laws, what you have to do, what you don't have to do. And if a tenant's call and say, hey, uh, can you add a garage? Well, no, we're not, we don't have to add a garage. But do we have to fix your dishwasher that we provided? Absolutely, we have to do that. And like you said, you know, uh, a majority of your clients that you manage for, they're 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 professionals. They're sure. they're they're in a career. They're a business owner. They you know a high income earner, whatever. Uh, a lot of them are not even in a position to do it. Just just like your personal example, uh, you were working, and the tenant don't care if you're working or not. So. I just have no idea how somebody could effectively do this from long distance. I mean, like I said, we're 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 here local, and I have zero desire to yeah. to want to do this. Well, you mentioned the person that owns a house; they're they're professional. Well, you know what the tenant is; they've got a job, but they're also professional tenants too. Memphis is a unique town where about half the city rents, and the and maybe their parents rent it before them. It's just always been that way, so they're kind of professional tenants also so they know what they can and can't get away with so they probably know the landlord laws better than the owner and that's a bad position to be in when your tenant knows more than you and maybe you're doing things you don't have to do uh, so they're really managing you and it's the other way around so that's uh, that's something really important that just like I said it just kind of dawned on me that in any situation you don't want the person or in, this, in our situation the tenant knowing you and managing you and running your life. Absolutely. Now, uh, another issue that at times arises, you know, at your property management company is when you have to deal with tenants who do not pay, the eviction process. Right. Now, obviously, over at your company, I'm sure you have a, uh, there, there's a plan in place. So, for example, the tenant doesn't pay on this date. Obviously, you're going to try to communicate with them and see if you can keep them on track or maybe even potentially work out some sort of payment plan to get them back on track. But in in the unlikely event that there's no communication and they're not paying rent, there's a there's a system, there's a process in place for what you guys do next, and there's a, a fee structure, correct? Correct. I mean, as a property management company, you wear several different hats. One of those hats is being a collection agency. And we, you know, we have certain things. I mean, rent's due on the first. We've got systems in place, automation that goes out on the second and third. Then there's the phone calls start. Then there's house visits with notes and all of that stuff. And then we have a certain system in place where our attorney goes to court on a certain day of the month. And you have to file for eviction while you're down there in general sessions. And 
you have to file while you're down there. So the date that we file, it's a moving date. So we have to, it may be the 12th because he goes to court on Tuesday this month. Maybe next month is the 17th. So we've got systems in place. And, you know, eviction, a lot of people think that eviction is, it is what it is. Hey, you're trying to get the tenant out. That couldn't be further from the truth. What an eviction is an attempt to collect rent. It's kind of the message from the property manager to the tenant saying, hey, look, you owe us money. We've asked you for it. You're not getting it. So we're going to file for an eviction in an effort to collect rent. And 90% of the time when we file eviction, we collect rent. We've, it's rare that we evict somebody. Actually go through that process sure. of setting it out. So just knowing those things, too, and, and handling that, it's, uh, I mean, did you manage your stuff when you first started buying property your own? No. You never did. No. <laughs> You're smarter than me. Never contemplated it. Um, we managed our stuff, too. And if you're not a professional investor, uh, you make mistakes. And one of the mistakes that we made was we, our very first home that we ever had out in Carrierville, you know that's a nice suburb. We had this uh, individual, she was 21 years old and a military person, did a tour in Iraq and very sweet and you know, everything, you know, rainbows and sunshine. So she gets behind on rent and we start working with her. She's, I'll have it on Friday. Are right, you have it on Friday? You know, and the next thing you know, it turns personal. She's not paying. I, I was going up to her work. She worked at waiting tables at not Lone Star, but one of those stores, sure. you know, uh, Steak Star, whatever. Anyways, I'm going up to work. So now it's turned personal, you know, and then, you know, I'm, I'm new in the business and I've got a full time job and we're texting each other back and forth. And, um, the day of eviction, which is like three months later, the mom pulls up and she's there and she's like, I cannot believe you rented to my daughter. I wouldn't rent her anything. I wouldn't even let her borrow my clothes. Uh, I don't know. I can't. This was almost 10 years ago, but I can't recall the background check. But I'm sure there was probably something that we could have done and it would have been like automatic red flag. Because there's a lot of software out there to run tenants. But there's some things that we do uh, that we have some subscriptions that... It's not anything that you read in a book that says, hey, this is the website you need to check. You know, and some of the stuff that's proprietary that we have that would probably, our software approves some people, then we use some proprietary stuff that we have that we deny uh, very routinely. So the background checks that you could get online are not foolproof. They're not. Sure. They're not up to date. And we've got some software that we have that is up to the date probably within two days of their records. So if they fall in, they get filed on eviction on a Tuesday, we're seeing something that our software picks up, uh, doesn't pick up almost immediately. You know, it's, you know, as we talk about this, I keep, uh, other things keep coming to mind of, you know, of how just even more how difficult this could be. You know, you're living out of state and, you know, how are you, how are you showing the property first off? And what are you doing to ensure that your house is not being, vandalized uh theft um tenant wants to turn an application how is that going to work you know are you gonna have a, a phone interview with them i mean you're actually not meeting this person how are they going to get the key i mean there's just so many logistics that go into this that uh even just a handful of those things to me are, are very overwhelming well i think um <clears throat> you know there's probably some boutique services that you get you could probably call a real estate agent you know at the end of the day a property manager is held accountable. You know, if you're, you know, and I'm not trying to knock the real estate agent industry, but if you're a real estate agent selling a property, when do you get paid? When it closes. When it closes. 
And if you're a real estate leasing agent, when do you get paid? When it closes. And it's the same thing with our leasing agents. They well, kind of get mad sometimes. Look, I thought this tenant was good. They told me this, and you know, and we deny applications all the time. Uh, and if we place a bad tenant, we're held accountable. So we make sure that we follow everything that we do. And like I said, we got some proprietary software that we place a tenant. And every once in a while, you know, we're human. We make mistakes, and we made a mistake earlier this year on a property, and. Uh, you know, we place the next tenant for free, which means we end up eating about $600 on it because of leasing commissions. So, you know, we're not above mistakes. They're very rare. Um, and every time you make a mistake as a company, it may cost you money, but you write a new process and it doesn't happen again. So you could probably hire some boutique services, but to deal with everything in a property management company under one roof, everybody's held accountable. If your real estate agent placing or releasing agent places a tenant, they just want to get paid. And that's, they don't get paid till they lease something out. So, and if they place a bad tenant, do you think a leasing agent is going to say, you know what, I'll place your next one for free? There's just not any way. You know, they may say that, and if they do say they're going to place it for free and they're and they're renting other houses, your house is going to be on the very lowest of all priority. It's almost going to be like by accident your house rents out. Yeah, and I mean, it. Yes, it's. I mean, it's the whole process could truly be overwhelming and you know even even local investors i mean you said that you even manage for a handful of local investors uh-huh. as well and uh just the idea of self-managing uh versus the management company when you really stop and think about it that fee that the out-of-state investor pays or that anybody pays for the service of a management company think of all the think of all the people at your company that what that essentially is hiring for that out-of-state investor, uh-huh. you know, you've got your head property manager, you've got the the leasing consultants, the the leasing agents, uh, access to the eviction attorney should it ever get to that that point in time. So there's really a lot of services that come with that fee, um, and you know, out-of-state investors a lot of times, you know, I hate to say it, but sometimes property management gets a bad rap. Would you say? Oh, absolutely. We are when things are going well, we're the messiah. When things are going bad, we're the most incompetent people in the entire world. That's just the nature of the industry. Can you imagine how it would be, though, if the same thing happened to the investor who, who does live out of state and all these same things are happening, but now they get to deal with it as opposed to just getting an email from the management company telling them what the, what the issue is? Well, sometimes, um, you know, it, I guess it's, it's almost kind of self-gratifying. And whenever – when somebody comes over with a self-management situation, it's a disaster. I mean – we don't take any joy in it. I'm not, I'm not saying that. I'm just saying it's a lot harder than it looks, doesn't it? I mean, and the whole thing with even on our turnkey business, you know, with some of the investors that we work with, it's so much more than buying a house, painting it, and putting a for rent sign in the yard. Uh, and that's a lot of people that got in the business that way. And those are the first people that are exiting the business too. Everything about doesn't make a difference what kind of business you're doing, whether you're running a food truck, whether you're you know, um, owning a mom, pop, whatever store, property management, investing, it's all the same. You know, there's there's a right and a wrong way to do it. They're setting yourself up for success, putting the right people in the right place. I mean, I'm a business owner. There are certain things that I'm not good at. I have to hire somebody because I'm not good at that. I don't have the experience. One of it being accounting. You know, we outsource our monthly financials because I'm not, I don't have that accounting background. I want somebody that does to put together accurate financial statements. It's no different if you're, uh, and I don't have time to do it either. You know, uh, just like an investor. I mean, they, if they're a novice at what they do, I'm talking about buying property, and they haven't managed properties before, 
I, I highly recommend them hiring a professional, somebody that knows the business. And, and I don't want this to come across as sounding arrogant, but, you know, uh, I've got an, a, a stock account, uh, rollover 401k from when I was in the corporate world. I don't manage that myself. I'm not on E-Trade trading because I don't, I don't, I know that I do not know more than the guy at uh, J.P. Morgan. Uh, so I let them do that. Uh, J.T. Marlin. <laughs> J.T. Marlin, <laughs> right, yes. I love the reference back to Boiler yes. Room. But that's the thing is that that's what they do every single day. And at one point in time, when the stock market back in 08, everybody thought they were a day trader. You know, I made one Apple trade. We made a pretty good lick on it. All of a sudden, I thought I was, hey, I had all the tools with E-Trade. It's kind of like... You know, if you're a real estate investor, you got all the tools with Zillow and Troya. And then, you know, when you're on E-Trade, you have all these metrics. And I didn't do very well. I lost money. And I was like, you know what? Never again. Uh, and property management the same way. You know, we, that's what we do. We're going to know more than the guy that's out of state. And we've got a service that will help them become profitable. And, and, you know, for the listeners out there, you know, when, when, we're, when we're giving some of these examples, you know, and some of the ones that I'm giving kind of sound like horror stories, not everything is always as bad as it sounds. But what, what I'm trying to do is just kind of paint a picture of some of the things that could happen or have actually happened. And I, I don't know if I ever have told you about this or not, Alex, but when I first moved here, what, 11 years ago, 2007, the, the two guys that I worked for at the time, uh, they used to self-manage their own properties at the time. And, you know, they they <laughs> they gave me the wonderful responsibility of uh, collecting rent for them uh-huh. every month. And I had no idea what to do. So they would tell me to call when someone was late and I'd call and just say, hey, you know, it's time to pay your rent. And, you know, the Sometimes the other person on the line would would give me a story about like, oh, you know, I, I know what to do now, but you know, I'll 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 be in next Friday to pay, and you know, they sounded nice, so I was like, oh, okay, that's great, you know, uh, just just come in when you can. So then when I would hang up and I would go tell the, the person that I worked for that, <laughs> he would look at, oh man, you know who I'm talking about. Yeah. He would look at me uh, with a, a blank stare, and he would say, call him back on the phone. And tell them that they either can pay now or we need them to be out by Friday. Now, you know they're not going to be out by Friday, but it's kind of the scare tactic. And I was so bad. Like, I just, I didn't have it in me at the time because I was so new. I didn't own any properties. I had, you know, I I didn't look at it like he did. Mm -hmm. So uh, it was such an awful thing for me to kind of play hard nose with these people and kind of let them know that we're not messing around, but... You know, how so, long did it take you to get over that and become just like you didn't just immune to it? It doesn't take long. It doesn't. doesn't listen, my my philosophy nowadays is, is if they're not paying my rent and they're late to me, they're stealing from sure, me, absolutely. and I want them out. I would I would love to do renegade tactics if I could, but legally right, you, can't. you can't. You can't. Yeah. Yeah. Um, when that person's not paying rent, and you're the self manager, whether you're locally here in Memphis, and you're not or you're in California, when that person's not paying rent, whose problem is that? It's your problem. It's your problem. And when that guy went paying rent when at that other company, that was your problem. So with the property manager, that's our problem. Correct. That's, you know, and there's just so many things that, you know, go into, you know, collecting. And, you know, like I said, when it's rainbows and sunshine, you get that tenant paying every month, it works out. But um, if you own enough properties, like I said, you've, you own quite a few, I own quite a few just by numbers, there's gonna you're gonna have a problem at some point in time. I mean, I had I've evicted uh, one of my tenants 
uh, each year I've had two evictions back-to-back years for the first time in a really long time. Now, they're a multifamily stuff, so one's a triplex, and uh, one of the guys, we had to evict a young guy, and one was a fourplex, had to evict somebody. Haven't had to do a single-family home eviction on my own portfolio in a very long time, but I just can only imagine how much of a nightmare if I didn't have my staff to do it. I mean, it would be, it would be absolutely uh, it, time, and that's time probably consuming. Probably right there. It's <laughs> probably one of your tenants calling, giving you that's an right. excuse, <laughs> and uh, I'll forward it over to my office so that they can handle that situation for you. Please, please <laughs> do. I mean, just to you know, like I said, if if it's almost like, is there not a way that we could put some sort of video together that really kind of outlines exactly what happens or what like somehow put together something that outlines or explains to investors what's actually going on inside of what are the inner workings of a management company so that you know i don't know how often you have this happen or not you know sometimes uh investors kind of twitch a little bit when when you when you're telling them what the fees are for the management company and they're they're you know why do you have maintenance markup fee and isn't that what you're getting paid to do for the monthly management fee but uh I, you know, I can tell that just being in the business as long as I have, when, when you look at all these management companies here in Memphis, for the most part, everybody has similar fees. Yeah, we did a uh, spreadsheet a while back of all the companies that I feel do a good job. There's a ton more that don't do a good job, that have cheap fees, and I didn't even put them in our, our matrix. But everybody's fees are about the same. They may not have a maintenance markup where they're charging 10%, or they have in-house maintenance. So if they have in-house maintenance, you know that they're marking up their maintenance. They're not doing it for free. Um, the reason we mark up our maintenance, and I, we're getting a little bit off topic, but since we hit on it, because that's the one fee that everybody kind of, you know, kind of shies like, well, what are you doing that for? Uh, we keep our monthly management fee at eight or nine percent, eight percent if you buy it for us. If you got a lot of properties with this eight percent, normal house rates nine percent. We'd rather you keep as much money as you possibly can because that's your fee every single month that you're incurring. Um, the maintenance fee, we're getting that when we do something. So. Every month we collect that management fee because we're doing something. But the management fee, there's a there's a big cost that goes along with it. When you're a big property management company and a good one, you've got a really good outside guy that's got a lot of construction knowledge that could troubleshoot the problems of your house. So we've got, you know who our guy is, and he's very good. He's very qualified, 30 years contractor experience. Um, and that doesn't come cheap. You know, that doesn't come for 50000 a year comes for more than that. Then he's got a vehicle. And then we got an outside guy that just drives around. You know, when the homes are vacant, he drives around once a week, looks at the home, sweeps it out, and then there's a lot of other odd jobs too. So towards the properties. So you got two outside guys, workers' comp, general liability, two vehicles, gas. Uh, Just like any other business, there's a lot of overhead. There's payroll tax. There is unemployment tax. It's very expensive to be in business. So... And just like any other successful business, the number one key for it to be successful is great people. So the days of trying to hire somebody for 10, 10 12, 13 bucks an hour to come into your job and, or come into your business and run it the way it's supposed to be run. Or, or stick around. Or stick around. Those days are gone. Uh, you've got to go out and get talented people, pay them well. And when they will, when you take care of them, they'll take care of your business. And I didn't come up with that. Richard Branson did. But <laughs> in property management – it's even more important because we're handling, I mean, if you're a money manager for JT Moreland or, <laughs> or JP Morgan, uh, 
I mean, you're handling somebody's money, but I mean, it, it's kind of, it is what it is. You know, you pick a portfolio to go in and then it just sits there and then the markets do its things. But when you give us a property, I mean, there's so many moving parts. There's the maintenance, there's the, the get ready, to leasing it out, to collecting the rent, to, uh, the drama, going to court. There's all these different things that go along with it that it's just not, it's, I mean, you got to have some brains to do it. You got to have people with common sense and brains working for you and that doesn't come cheap. Uh, and I think you would agree that I've got an excellent staff. Yeah, uh, and and you know, just for the listeners listeners out there, uh, you know, Alex's management company, CB Properties, they're they're one of our one of our two management companies that that manage for our clients. But I was actually a client of theirs for probably what four or five years uh-huh. going on now. Uh, so long before uh, we actually kind of formed a partnership where they would manage for our clients, I was a client. Uh, with them, and I've been happy, uh, very happy. I mean, the thing, one of the things I like that's a huge benefit at, at the way you've got yours set up, anyways, is that I've got an account person. I've got one specific person who manages all of my properties. They're familiar with my properties. They're f- they're familiar with me. I've got a relationship with this person, so they communicate with me either through the portal, uh, which is a great feature, or 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 a call or email to let me know what's going on. Um, Another thing that I think is really beneficial that you guys do that I don't know of a lot of management companies do is that when there's a maintenance repair, um, obviously I'm notified about it through the portal, but then the actual invoice that's turned into you guys from that contractor, I get a copy of that. I actually get to see the actual invoice from that contractor coming up, and then obviously your markup uh, goes on top of that. So I can actually look at that and know that that's the actual price of what that is, as opposed to just being told that, Hey, uh, here, here was the cost of something. And then, you know, of course, in the back of your mind, you're wondering, well, I wonder if it really costs that much or not. Yeah. I mean, we're doing a 15% markup. Uh, I promise you maintenance companies, like a full running separate standalone maintenance company, not even related to property management, they're making more than 15%. Otherwise, there's just no way they could be in business. Well, companies like that, I mean, my, my wife and I, uh, a little while ago, we had a, a problem with our dishwasher. Yeah. Guess how much that was for him to come out just the trip charge, I mean, just to come to the house. Like and that was it? it was like 100 bucks. 100 bucks. 100 bucks. Yeah, I could have probably, you know, that's, that's a. Uh, yeah, he fixed it. And, and it's funny because it was about $35 to fix. <laughs> yeah. So you know, congratulations, you spent uh, $135 on your dishwasher, yeah. you know, as opposed to uh, you guys, are, you, you know, a company and your people are not charging trip charges. No. Well, you know, we got off topic, but that's actually good that you mentioned that. It's because as a property manager, and I mean, I do, all, I sign every check every week. So I see the amount, and of course we get monthly reports too, the amount of volume that we give people and we pay them every Friday. Uh, that's actually rare in our industry. We have people tell us it's like, and I'm not going to mention, obviously would never mention property manager's name. They're like, man, there's a slow pay. You know, I've been waiting 30 days. Uh, buddy of mine's a contractor, does a lot of work for the city and utility company, does a lot of military work, you know, six months to get paid. Goodness. We pay our guys every Friday. We got a lot of work. But with that, when you got a lot of volume, you sort of dictate the price. On big jobs, we could get you know a couple quotes really easily and have everybody compete against each other. But on certain things like hot water tanks and furnaces and air conditioner installs, we pay the same thing. I mean, you know, we get HVAC companies. Hey, we want to get some of your business. All right, how much to install a you know a three ton furnace? It's a straight three ton furnace. Oh, we can do that for you know eighteen hundred. I'm like, we pay eight hundred and fifty bucks. So think about if you're a self-managing from out of state and you call up a company, whatever money you're probably saving. You're going to give it back on the discounts that they may say you're getting investor pricing, which 1850 for a furnace, 
is a good price. You open up and go to the, you know, if you're a homeowner or, you know, one-off out-of-state investor, but if you call, well, for example, a friend of mine got a brand new HVAC system put in his house. And I was like, what'd you pay for that? And he's like, seven grand, man. I got a good deal. What do you do? Like, install a Coleman, like a, like a Coleman or a train brand? It was a train brand, commercial company, but you know, I mean, commercial companies got a lot of overhead. Sure. So, but even like the one man shop, you know, when the guys come in or, you know, the smaller companies quoting us 1850, I'm like, man, we pay 850 for that. The furnace itself costs 500 bucks. You know, you get 350 to, you know, two, 250, 300 bucks to install it. You know, uh, three ton system, you know, that comes out to, HVAC, uh, I'm sorry, air conditioner, the coil, and the furnace is about 3200 I think. So those are cheap prices, um, and that's what you get with a large price. So anything you're saving on the monthly fee, you'd be getting back, giving it back on the, the rent ready. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, our, our rent ready guys, two-man crew, I think they make 185 a day, I think. So two guys, 185 days, that's – not that much money. Uh, and I've seen rent readies from other companies with in-house maintenance, and it's twice as high. Sure, sure. And, you know, like I said, I apologize for uh, swaying off topic. No, just no think, I apologize. Yeah. I appreciate the plug. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, um, and like I say, you know, we're, our, our time is kind of running low, and, you know, I'm, I'm hoping that, you know, for the listeners out there listening to this uh, particular episode, I'm hoping that the idea is we're not totally against self-managing if if you know i apologize if it has come off that way but just being in the line of work where alex and i are at where we work with out-of-state investors who are you know buying so long long distance that really we just want them to have a good experience and we've just seen too many times when somebody has self-managed that more times than any they do not go according to plan and usually they end up coming back to the management company anyways yeah they do um you know i guess just in in closing uh, i agree um if you've got the time you've got the stuff and you know how to do it do it save the money you know and you've got some great relationships on the ground to get good pricing where i'm not i'm not against it i'll just you know you're you're buying you know it's you're spending a lot of money to buy property you know hundred thousand dollars and anything and this sounds kind of a silly comparison, but it's like sunglasses. If I spend a lot of money on sunglasses, I take better care of than the ones I get for 25 bucks at the gas station. Now here I say this and I lost that pair, but you know, it wasn't <laughs> my fault. I get by a wave at the beach and they were gone. You know, Next time I'll, I'll put little croquis around me. But anyways, whenever I spend a lot of money on something, I take better care of it. Um, and I think your rental property should be the same thing. So you know, I guess pick and choose where you want to save a few bucks if you're not a professional. And real quick, I just want to go over some of the things that to think about when you're trying to self-manage. First of all, if a tenant is not paying, it, it always becomes personal. With the property management, there's that there's that level. It should never become personal because what you say and what you put in an email could be used against you in court. Remember, anything that you put in writing, whether it's a text or it's an email, and you all got to go to court, that could be used against you. So you got to keep it professional. The leasing, you know, uh, professional property management companies through leasing agents and marketing. We spend a lot of money on marketing. We get properties rented quicker. So if we get something rented in 30 days, it takes you 60 days. What's the cost of that? The management, if we get a property ready for $1,800 and your guy's charging 3000 what's the cost of that? Oh, well, that's $1,200. But uh, how long does it take them? You know, we say if you get your property management uh, or rent ready back to us, we could typically have your house back on the market in 72 hours. So 
you know, if you're thinking about the property management, doing it on your own, just think about all the things. And then if it goes bad, how much how time consuming that could be. So if you're okay with that, uh, and you're okay with maybe the additional cost, or hey, give it a shot, you know, all the power to you. I actually have a lot of respect for the individuals that come to town, spend two or three days, put together a team, and then basically do what we do from long distance, because it's not easy. I tried doing it to two houses in Knoxville that I have, and I ended up driving my crew six and a half hours to the other side of the state, because it was so stressful and mind-boggling that we couldn't get the prices and the results from local people on the ground so i just said you know what screw it i'm going get to get it done yourself do it. I drove up my electrician uh well i flew up they drove up <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know as you get busier and you're in a business uh if you could spend 300 dollars, or in that case probably about 500 dollars to fly or you know seven hours to drive so anyways long story short just you know make sure you know what you're getting into the downside could be really expensive and i'm not trying to say this to scare you because people do it successfully all the time but we've seen the situations that come up and it could be extremely costly especially if codes involved or evictions involved so um you know just wear your pros and cons and you know make a decision long story short use property management hey i agree <laughs> you know like i said you do it and you're here local yeah you know, I, I I was talking. You know, I t- every once in a while, my wife and I talk, and it's like, oh, someday, you know, when the houses are paid off and things like that, you know, would I want to self manage them myself then? And then I, no, I look. You don't want it. That's I know. I know. It's like I start looking at the portfolio of houses that I own, and I, and then it's like I look at what I pay for management fees for all that, and then it's like if I subtract that out, I mean, sure, that's a with the, with the amount of houses I have, it seems like a good little chunk of change, but then at the same time, it's like. No, I don't, I don't. I don't want to get the phone calls. Well, once they're all paid off, I guess uh, you have to look at it and say, "All right, well, can I hire somebody? Can I hire one person, you know, to come work thirty hours a week or whatever and do this for me?" Uh, but my philosophy is, once you get the things paid off, you know, that, that that's when you really start making money. Exactly, and you could really start having. I mean, uh, you know, thirty properties, and you're to see you're averaging six hundred dollars a property profit a month after maintenance of vacancy taxes and insurance. So, what's that's eighteen thousand a month. I mean, you know, depending on your lifestyle, but I think most people could figure out. I think I'll just get by. Just get that right, <laughs> you know. And start traveling. Don't worry about managing your property. Exactly. That's 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 the last thing I want to do. In. I almost want to get to a point where I don't even remember that I own any of the homes. Yeah. Could you imagine being on the beach, you know, relaxing, <laughs> having a Corona or whatever, and that you know the Corona moment, you get your feet up and it's quiet. Yeah. And you're relaxed, and then your phone and then your rings, phone rings. Like, my hot water tanks out, you know. <laughs> next thing you know, you're like, hold on. The next thing you're calling, and then you spend the next 25 minutes trying to find a plumber, yeah. trying to coordinate them with the tenant. And that's Congratulations! Like, God, you're so cheap. Hire a property manager. You're like, wait, it was your idea, you know? Yeah, you know, <laughs> exactly. Oh uh, man, it's been great. I'm glad uh, we got to talk a little bit about this. Um, I'm sure uh, we'll find something uh, more positive to talk about on the next episode. All right. Yeah, let's do it. All right. Well, everybody, that's going to conclude this episode of Investor Talk Radio talking about self-management versus property management. So till the next episode, we'll see you then. 
This show was produced by Kurt Davis and KurtDavisOnline.com. All rights reserved. To reach Kurt Davis, you can find him on the web at www.KurtDavisOnline.com or email him at Kurt at KurtDavisOnline.com. Everything you heard on this show should not be taken as personal or professional advice. You should conduct your own due diligence. Opinions or comments of our guests are their own and do not necessarily reflect the opinion of Kurt Davis or KurtDavisOnline.com. 